Welcome to the Where Humanity Meets Technology podcast, where we talk to business leaders about cybersecurity, data management, and advanced digital solutions to provide strategies to increase the profitability of your company. Now, here's your host, Maurice Hamilton, the CEO of Infinivate Consultancy Services. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Where Humanity Meets Technology. This is a podcast show where I interview founders, CEOs, CIOs, CTOs, and other business leaders to discuss real-life solutions of humanity utilizing technology for the betterment of their organization and for the betterment of mankind. Topics may vary from data management, cybersecurity, custom software development, and digital solutions. We also discuss trends in technology, such as the use in artificial intelligence, robotics, decentralization of resources, cryptography, and blockchain. I'm your host, Maurice Hamilton. And in today's episode, we're going to spend some time speaking with John Santi. John, you're the CIO or, or CTO of your organization. Is that correct? Uh, I'm just a senior director. Senior director. Senior director of IT. Good, good. I, I'd like to have a conversation with you because, and before I get into it, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, uh, because I know that your organization uses artificial intelligence and especially has a lot to do with the with the health and I think that this will be a very interesting conversation to have uh, in regards to how the healthcare industry takes a look at artificial intelligence and how you guys utilize that. But before I begin, let me ask you a couple of questions there. So, John, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. How did you actually get into technology and how did you actually get to the, the role that you're in right now? Can you give us a little background on that? Oh, absolutely. And, and thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's kind of a common story that I tell folks that I was always the kid that loved tinkering and taking apart things uh, in my house. Uh, you know, you could ask my parents sometime about me taking apart the brand new VCR that they got and then putting it back together. And thankfully, it still worked. But that was always something that I loved doing. And that translated very naturally whenever computers really started coming of age. Like it was just this passion of being able to tinker with them. Whenever I went to school, I decided that that was what I wanted to study and what I wanted to focus on quickly discovered that I did not enjoy programming. Like I, it was just not going to be a passion for me. But while I was working on that as my degree, I began working for the help desk with my university. And I found there that I loved being able to help people with their problems that they were having while getting to tinker with technology. It was like this perfect mashup of two things that I really enjoyed doing. Took that, you know, went into roles early in my career where I was a help desk person. And then I moved into being an infrastructure guy with servers and storage and all that goodness. As I progressed through that, I ended up finding myself a lot of times being a project liaison or leading projects, giving updates to business leaders. And it was a piece that typically within IT, you you kind of go one of two ways. You go the deep technical route or you go the, the management and the project route. Discovered that that was going to be, you know, where I could really help make a difference. Stepped across the other side uh, to the desk, been in leadership roles now for quite some time across a number of industry verticals. Been really fortunate to get good exposure across a number of different industries. Most of my career has in some form or another revolved around the world of healthcare. And that kind of leads to you know, where I'm at now. I'm with a company, iRhythm, that is a medical device company in the healthcare industry. 
Well, that's pretty, pretty amazing. And, uh, and I, and that's what really sparked my interest to have a conversation with you because I look at technology and I look at how, how things have changed dramatically, especially in the last three or four years. And in particular, let's look at the last two years. I mean, we actually have an environment where in my industry, we use a lot of uh, 1099 technicians that go out to the client's locations. And, and one of our clients happens to be a healthcare facility. And we may go there and we may work on some of the traditional legacy devices, such as access points, servers, switches, routers, you know, the, the basic uh, elements that you will find with, the, uh, with uh, like a clinic type environment. And, and I think about it in your environment or with, uh, with virtual, you don't have a lot of virtual. You guys have everybody pretty much working still at the office there. Is that, or do you have like a mix of hybrid? We've right got there? a pretty good mix. We have multiple mm-hmm. locations where we do have a percentage of our people working, but then we also have a sizable work from home contingent as well. Okay, good. And, and when I, when I think about it, cause I really want to dive more into ask you a couple of questions about your, uh, with iRhythm and some and how you guys are utilizing technology. And I like to start off and talk about let's let's think about with like artificial intelligence because we have our artificial intelligence up here, you know, the intelligent machines, and then we go to machine learning, and then we actually have the the deep learning process with neurons and and taking that data. Can you explain to the audience how you guys actually utilize the machine learning or more the the deep neural type learning and with your your devices? How you guys actually utilize that to save uh, the lives of patients? Oh, absolutely. And you know, this actually was presented here fairly recently uh, in, in a company event that was had that we are thought of as this medical device company where you know we, we've got the patch that people wear that monitors their heart, uh, gathers data, and then is able to get that data back to their specialist or their cardiologist. The key, though, is there's this massive data set that you get from this of all of this information. And you're able to do analysis on this data set that human specialists looking at one person's data set can do things that a computer cannot do. But when you talk about wanting to look at 100,000 people's data set and aggregate that to see where are you finding things that might not be part of the traditional medical analysis, where are you able to find those two heartbeats out of the 100,000 that you've got that signal something else could happen. That's where the machine learning piece is really coming in for us is just being able to analyze these massive data sets, doing so at an accuracy that's getting very close to what a human set of eyes on a data set can do, and then being able to find these things that you wouldn't normally be able to get, to find those needles in the haystack to help these physicians, to help these specialists then make even better diagnosis of these conditions that they're seeing. So let me make sure I understand it correctly. So they're looking at the data. Now they, I should probably describe they, would that be like data scientists that you guys are those people under your uh, environment? You're going to have from the computational side, yes, there's going to be mm-hmm. that that deep data aspect to it. But then there's also the clinical side where there are people who are actual clinical technicians who are looking at this data as well to make sure that it then gets passed on correctly to the cardiologist, the specialist, the patients. Okay. So are the, the, the patients that come in, are they actually wearing like monitoring type devices or they sit down and they just say, okay, we're going to measure your your um, your information for like the next period of time? Is that how it works? Or is so it combination? The, the way our device works, and this is one of the things that made it kind of very unique, is you actually have the device sent to you, you wear it, and then you send the device back in. You're able to 
continue your normal day-to-day activities, and it's constantly recording for the entire time that you wear it. It then comes back into us, and we're able to pull that entire data set from the device. Okay. So it's really the the data they're looking for, like abnormalities? uh, Correct. Yeah, looking for arrhythmias, looking for the different types of, you know, heart conditions that can be detected through a monitoring type device. Okay. And now being a director with your area, you deploy a team of people to, can you, can you describe your role and what your team kind of like looks like and, and how you guys actually help facilitate that, bring it all together? Well, you've got all of your traditional IT components of all this infrastructure that has to be in place to support it. Then you've got the teams of data scientists who are working on how do we create the data models? How do we intake all of this data that we get? You have application people that are, how do we present this data? How do we integrate this data across all of our different teams? All of these groups are working together to be able to go from the technical component of a device that is manufactured and gathering data all the way through to the endpoint of how do we present this data to the patients and to the physicians in a way that allows them to make meaningful diagnosis. Okay. And now, do you actually, are you in charge of actually monitoring like the actual physical legacy type infrastructure as well? Like notebooks or tablets and... Oh, yes, absolutely. That's, yeah. uh, those teams are, are probably some of the most directly under my umbrella is those groups that are exactly doing the, the physical infrastructure, the physical architecture, the endpoints, the cloud-based architecture that we have in place. You know, that, like, like with most any company, you know, we've got a footprint that goes across on-premise and traditional applications and traditional devices and cloud devices and SaaS devices. We've got this full mix of this entire world that we have available to us right now. Okay. So you've excellent explaining how that data works and how those devices work and how that works with the with the patients on the clinical side. And so I, I got that. And the other big thing, and when I speak with a lot of people, even with our company, we do a lot of cyber assessments and we do a lot of auditing. We work with our clients and I always tell people, I said, you know, it's not if you're going to get hit, it's when. So yeah, people just always want to kind of like tamper into your, your infrastructure. And, and I can imagine with the security and you guys, you still have to worry about the HIPAA regulations, uh, right? And how that, that works in that area. So, and I know the security is one of those areas. So I'm not going to ask any, you know, deep questions on security, but I can imagine with the security element of it, it's probably something that's constantly always on your mind. It's always something to make sure that you keep that barrier built, correct? It's one of those things that I'm sure you'd agree. It it needs to be on everybody's mind across every industry. It, it's something that you know, the, the analogy I use is everything that we think about in IT, no matter where you are in infrastructure and support and services and data and applications, everything's got to be wrapped in a security blanket now. It, it simply must be. You can't allow any place to just assume it'll be secure or assume you don't have to worry about security. You can't do that. And of course, you know, the medical industry is one that takes the security of the data and the privacy of the data just at utmost importance across the board to every member of the community. Okay, excellent. So what what would you say would be one of those elements that actually keep you up at night and you you is always pondering in your mind? I know a lot of people say cybersecurity. What would be one of those elements that you'd think about that and say it's always constantly always there? Unfortunately, yeah, that's exactly that. It's how are we making sure you know, across all of our teams, how are we working together to make sure that we've got the security of the entire ecosystem covered? 
How are we all pointing in the same direction despite all having our own tasks, our own projects, our own objectives that we've got to reach? At the end of the day, like I said, we've all got to have that security blanket wrapped around us. And being able to focus on that and do that and be very effective at it is something that is just a constant concern. And I don't see that changing for any of us anytime in the near or maybe even the far future. Okay. So we talked about data. We talked about a little bit of pre-COVID, a little bit of post-COVID with the hybrid workforce. We talked about security and we talked about a little bit of future. When you think about the future, because I look at the elements we have like blockchain now coming out with uh, with an extra layer of security or with Web 3.0. Do you have any thoughts on where you think that three? I know things are changing so fast with our, especially in our space here in our industry. Uh, what are your thoughts when you think about the the future? What what would you think would be something that would be really nice to have that we can actually provide that extra layer of security, provide that encrypted information to protect the patient's identity and information? So blockchain has been a really interesting one. And it's I've really intentionally stayed out of a lot of discussions on that because I've been waiting to see where the maturity of this entire world is going to be. First, you know, people think of blockchain and they immediately go to the cryptocurrencies and all these insanely volatile markets without really thinking about what the underlying technology is doing in terms of that verification of records and that verification of data. I think there's definitely a future in it. I don't know that we're at that point where we can say what that future is going to look like from a practical professional world. There's a lot of great conceptual, you know, the cryptocurrency, great concept, NFTs, great concept, you know, how it's being applied to some of these other highly verification dependent areas. Very interesting to watch, but seeing how we're going to mature it, where it can truly be that secured transactional model that we need it to be. That's something where I know I'm still sitting back and kind of watching because there's so many different paths that are being taken right now mm -hmm. that I don't know that anybody's sure where it's going to go. And I don't play in that world personally, but I love watching these brilliant people who are trying to find ways to make this very secure technology practical for industries like healthcare and all these other more traditional industries. I, I agree with you. I think that when we think about different applications and different industries that just popped up and we saw them happening, we saw the seeds starting to grow and then overnight they just changed just like that. You know, yes. I'm, I'm thinking about an industry, for example, think about Uber and how you used to actually go out and take a taxi. Now we use the word vernacular Uber. I want I need an Uber, you know. Exactly. It's, uh, when you become a verb, you, you know that you probably made it. And yeah, that's a great example of, to use the word disruptor, everybody's talked about blockchain being a disruptor. Right. And I think for people who are very early adopters, people who are much more risk tolerant, that's definitely been the case. But for those of us in worlds where that risk tolerance isn't quite as much of a luxury, there's still very much of a, yes, we understand that there's some value in this technology. We're just not sure where it goes you. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And I'll, I'll just close with something fun here. I see that you're a uh, Tennessee Volunteers uh, a football fan. So you're excited about the uh, the chances that the Volunteers doing really, really well making to a bowl this year? It has been a fantastic ride this year. You know, we are a long suffering group of fans. It's been a bumpy couple of decades. So knowing now that you know, we might have a program that's finally back and we can be excited about it, 
it's a very exciting time to to be a fan of the the football program specifically. Of course, you know Tennessee is such a storied multiple set of programs. So much of their athletic endeavors have been so successful that you know, those have still been really fun to watch. But of course, everybody thinks football, football this time of year, and yeah, it, it, it's exciting to be able to watch them. Excellent, excellent. So, John, I really want to thank you for this conversation here. Uh, and the information that you shared with us is really great because I have a, a different perspective now to see how you guys are utilizing artificial intelligence and utilizing machine learning and with the neural learning and, and how you actually apply it to your 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 industry and your, your business with a medical sales. So this has been a really great conversation. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you as well. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from your host, connect with Maurice on LinkedIn at Maurice Hamilton. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.